Hi, Jeremy Markovich from Our State Magazine. It's been a while, a few months actually, since our last episode of Away Message. And I have a couple of things to tell you, including an update about the future of this podcast. Now, if you don't already know, this show is about the most remote places in North Carolina. I did eight episodes last season, and in one of them, you were supposed to hear from a guy who has a very different definition of the word remote. Now, this story goes way beyond North Carolina's borders. I don't know how else to describe it except to say, okay, have you ever had somebody tell you something and at first you're listening and thinking, well, okay, that's kind of interesting. And then the person veers off on a tangent, like they just calmly say, oh, and there's this other thing. And you go, wait, what? That happened like three or four times in this story. A story that I would have included back in episode seven, but I'm only getting around to now because the man involved in it didn't call me back for months. But as you're going to find out, he had a really good reason for that. Let's back up. For that episode, I went way out to a farm in the mountains of western North Carolina. So those are North Carolina cows. Uh, yeah. They're supposed to be, yeah. The westernmost spot in the state. There's that brash thing. Yeah. That's it. It's not too spectacular to look at. Just a little brass disc in the ground at the exact point where North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia meet. You, you see what they already see. It's all right. Now, I was really excited because I love weird, mappy things. And I asked the landowner, a farmer named A.D. Patterson, if anyone else shared my enthusiasm. So, so who comes out here and sees this other than me? Everybody. They come in here by flocks, and buses and motorcycles. One guy, though, was particularly memorable. They come from everywhere, Pasadena, California. And he was a, dang, what was his name? Golly, bum, I, I know it was no mommy. He always sends something on Christmas, but he works for NASA. The last account I had of him, he was out there in NASA. He worked for that NASA company. AD eventually remembered the guy's name, Todd Barber. And so I figured I'd try calling him up. No luck. Then I sent him a Facebook message, no response. This is not the first time this has happened to me, but it left me with a lot of unanswered questions. First, who was this guy? Why would somebody from California deliberately come all the way out here to, let's be honest, the middle of nowhere, to see, let's be honest again, a spot that's only significant on a map? Now, this guy worked for NASA, so did NASA think this place was important? Why did this guy always send Christmas cards? And why wasn't he responding to me? I had a mystery on my hands. Not the world's greatest mystery, but still, a mystery. And then, three months after I first tried to get in touch, I got a Facebook message back from Todd. And it wasn't until recently when I thought, eh, what the heck, maybe I should give him a call. All right, I think I'm back with you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, what happens next is sort of like bumping into a guy who's really tall and saying, oh, hey, are you a basketball player? And him going, yeah, hi, I'm LeBron James. Because first thing, right off the bat, Todd says, hey, sorry I never got back to you last fall, but I was super busy, as you could probably tell by watching the news. And I have no idea what he's talking about. It is the pioneering spacecraft that's given us some of the most remarkable images ever seen of the planet Saturn. Todd, it turns out, is not just some random guy who works for NASA, 
For more than 20 years, he was the lead propulsion engineer on the Cassini spacecraft, which launched all the way back in 1997. And liftoff of the Cassini spacecraft on a billion-mile trek to Saturn. Todd's job simply was to make sure the thrusters worked to get Cassini from here to there. It took almost seven years, after which Cassini discovered all sorts of things about Saturn's rings and its moons and the planet itself. Cassini kept working. A four-year scientific mission continued for another decade until last year, right around the time that I was trying to get in touch with Todd. To make sure Cassini didn't contaminate any of the worlds where there may be life, it was sent to its destruction. There's this NASA video where you can watch Mission Control during the final moments, when Todd's thrusters kick on for the final time. You just heard the signal from the spacecraft just go on, and within the next 45 seconds, so will be the spacecraft. Cassini disintegrates in Saturn's atmosphere, it's all set to this really dramatic music. I'm going to call this the end of mission. Project manager off the net. So, yeah, all of that, that is why Todd didn't call me back right away. Now that Cassini is gone, part of Todd's job, 10% to be exact, is on another space probe you may have heard of. And then I'm so excited. My my last 10% since last June is on Voyager. It's been very well, missing that... I was going to ask... You know, okay, so now I am freaking out. So much so that more than normal, I cannot put a full sentence together. You were, I was, I was going to let you, you kind of, you know... Keep on going. I was going to ask. Voyager, launched in 1977, is insanely far away. So far out that it takes radio signals traveling at the speed of light 19 hours to get there. Voyager is now the furthest man-made object from Earth and the only one that's ever left the solar system. You cannot get more remote than that. And as we were reminded back in December, Voyager still works. For the first time since 1980, NASA activated Voyager 1's backup thrusters. Well, you all just kind of just fired up the rockets for the first time in like 30 some years? Yes. Yeah, well, I don't know if you saw that article, but actually I got quoted in that article. So. Oh, you did? I ah. did, yeah, and it went absolutely viral everywhere. I couldn't believe it. We went on to talk for another 20 minutes about space probes. I will spare you that. But none of it answered my original question. Why did Todd come all the way out from Southern California to stand at the westernmost spot in North Carolina? Yeah, I think that's actually kind of a colorful tale, too. Um, it, it really uh, started in back in about 03. His buddy gets a new car, a Mini Cooper. They start looking for road trip ideas, and they find something online confluence hunting. Basically, when you look at a map and you see where those latitude and longitude lines meet up, those places are called confluences. Now, they are completely arbitrary, many of them out in the middle of nowhere. Still, there are people who travel to them for fun. I ended up snagging like 17 of those. People like Todd. My mom teased me and says, you know, can't you collect stamps like a normal person? You know, all that money I wasted on MIT education if you kill yourself out in the wilderness. So, Finding confluences was kind of interesting. Confluences are truly, you know, that's middle of nowhere random. That's just the, the nerd equivalent of watching your odometer turn over, right? But Todd wanted a new challenge. And then I said, I wonder if anybody's been to all the tri-state corners. 
Those are the points where three states touch. So he starts off in 2005, and right off the bat, he has to develop some new skills. What's interesting, I'm kind of a couch potato. So what I what I figured out with his hobby is I actually had to learn to do things like um, mountain hiking and fording streams. Because some of these tri-state corners are really out there. For instance, Arizona, Utah, Nevada. He's running low on water. His GPS is malfunctioning. Basically, you know, it was nearly curtains for me out in the desert. And he has to turn back with less than a mile to go. So next time he goes back with better equipment, more water, and he gets the try point. And then there's Montana, Idaho, Wyoming. That one was in a burned out part of Yellowstone National Park. It's prime grizzly bear habitat. They're everywhere, right? A local guy tells him, you know, the only way I'd ever do that trip is on horseback. And I thought, hmm, so I actually came back the next summer, so this is August of 09, and I hired a guide. And they and their horses set out on an 18-mile journey. Horses are having to step over, falling over burnt trees, and, and I remember getting close, and there was this little pipe sticking up about a foot off the ground, and uh, it was just such a magic moment. Many of them were much easier to get to, including the corner that Todd crossed off his list in February 2008. Tennessee, Georgia, North Carolina. The one I went to. The one where I met A.D. and Shirley Patterson. One of my favorite parts is I met just wonderful people at many of the corners, uh, and mm-hmm. A.D. and Shirley were no exception, you know. And a lot of them have ended up on my Christmas card list, as they mentioned, although I'm, I'm a few years behind trying to get that caught up. He eventually gets to all of the tri-state corners on land, 38 in all, making him only the second person to ever do that. Then... He sets out to visit every national park. So I actually completed that in 2015. I've hit all 59 national parks. Wow. And now he is trying to visit all of our country's Titan II nuclear missile silos. At this point, he's got about five more to go. You know, I'm not the kind of guy that goes, sits on a beach for a week of vacation or goes to Disney World or something. I like getting off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. And these really were... Okay, just to sum things up, because there is a lot going on here, Todd Barber is a guy who didn't call me back because he was too busy crashing a space probe into Saturn, is also a guy who works on the most remote man-made object in the universe, 13 billion miles away, and when he's not busy propelling spacecraft into the far reaches of the solar system, he likes to visit places where man-made lines cross on maps, including the points where three states meet, and that is why he ended up at the westernmost point in North Carolina. Mystery solved, case closed, game over. But listening to Todd made me think about something. I'd started this podcast to see what I would find in hard-to-find places, to figure out the definition of remote. And after eight episodes, I figured, you know, I had a pretty good handle on it. But after listening to Todd, it's clear that it's not always the destination that matters. At this tri-state corners, there wasn't much to see. Maybe a brass disc in the ground, or a pipe, or a small monument, or sometimes nothing at all. But Todd learned new things, met new people, traveled to places that most tourists never go. In his day job, he's exploring the far reaches of space, but when he's not working, he can't stop exploring the far reaches of Earth. Because you never know what you'll find unless you go.
So I hit the road, this time to find not just remote places, but other fellow explorers. What's physically happening to you when you like, oh my, oh my gosh, I found it. It's disorienting. I missed the first three turns back to Raleigh. Searchers. Burke 911, you need police, fire, medical. We're, we're hiking and need a rescue. Pioneers. Well, I didn't know golfing could, could be so dangerous. <laughs> Everything was dangerous back then. And even investigators who discover things that you may not want to find. They said, we can't talk about it. It's been classified. Season two of Away Message. It's happening. I am out gathering stories right now and would love to hear from you. If there is a remote place or interesting story you want me to check out, email me, podcast at ourstate.com. Or drop me a line on our Away Message Facebook page and check out away.ourstate.com for any more updates. And one last thing I learned from Todd. It is good to set goals. I guess when you work for NASA and you're flying stuff to Saturn, you got to be a goal-oriented kind of guy. Our goal? To have new episodes start showing up in your feed sometime this spring. Till then, the countdown is on. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And we'll see you again soon.